to episode 3 of the Connected Living Podcast. This episode is entitled uh, Learning to Fly. When I discussed it in the introductory episode, episode 1, I talked about it in terms of um, shame and vulnerability. And I said that's what we were going to explore. And that is essentially what we are going to do during this episode. I'm, I'm I'm just conscious well, as I say those words that they're quite um, this, they appear quite negative. So I'm going to attempt not to use those terms as as we're talking through the the this episode. It is very much based on the work of Brené Brown and how she describes how that that shame and that not desire to be that, that desire to protect ourselves ensures that we're often not vulnerable we often don't make ourselves vulnerable as I say I, I want to shy away from using those terms and consider it in in terms of us being fearful to take risks to do stuff that m- we might fail at for fear of that failure I want, to, I want to, to spend this episode discussing that. The, uh, my, my, my thing is about this is sometimes we, we fear failure but do it anyway. Sometimes we get, you know, when, we, when we put ourselves in, in vulnerable positions, when we go for an interview, um, when you f- tell your loved one that you love them for the first time we we are afraid of what might happen we're afraid of not succeeding or looking foolish but we do it anyway so how come we can do it in those, on those episodes but we can't in other circumstances I'm interested in, in looking at that and and I think the answer lies in, in, in our view of the world, our lived experience. So what happens when we fail? What, what we think about ourselves, our failing selves, in that moment? Because sometimes when I'm speaking to, I've been speaking to colleagues. Um, normally, when I'm coaching them about interview technique and going for jobs some people say I I haven't been for a job for 10-15 years and I I don't want to and it's often down to an experience that they've had that they failed they haven't got a job they've been for an interview and they've been unsuccessful and that can really colour them that that fear of of recreating that feeling again is, is, is terrifying for for some people so they don't they avoid those situations many people I don't if I have to have an interview I won't go for the job um, attitude so that's interesting I want, want to talk I want to explore that and I've, as I say I've been speaking to colleagues and some some of them have told me um, their experiences of why they avoid certain activities or avoid doing something some new things because of that fear of failure um, that fear of looking stupid so we're going to use some of that uh, material combine it with my personal experiences 
add in some of Bernie Brown's research and, and see how all that fits together. So that's the first part of the episode. We'll be exploring why we sometimes won't put ourselves in a position where we might fail. So we won't carry out risky activities for fear of failure or looking stupid or both. So we'll look at why that is the case, what happens in that moment. And then the second part, I want to talk about how we can uh, harness the times when we do look at, see the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. So I want to explore how we can do that consciously all the time, intentionally acknowledge that visceral feeling that we have so acknowledge the visceral feeling of fear that feeling sick and pit of the stomach so we acknowledge that that's the case and we examine it and see it for what it is so we can then go on and do the thing we're afraid of we can take a risk so we can fly Hence the learning to fly title of the episode. So we can potentially fly, I think is is probably a more accurate answer. So we'll take that risk. We'll do the thing that frightens us because the rewards are great. We might fail. We might fall down. We might look stupid. We might hurt ourselves physically or emotionally when we do this but the rewards are great so we're going to do it anyway how can we create a conscious attitude where that happens and then in the last part of the episode I want to talk about what happens if we fail what happens if we don't succeed how can we pick ourselves up from that learn from what happened dust ourselves down and have another go because the whole point is is often when we do something risky we won't always succeed we don't always get it right so let me tell you a true story about me I can't swim. Um, never had lessons. Well, I, I had a few lessons when I was a, a child at school. Um, then um, I had a, an operation on my ear um, in the middle of those swimming lessons. And I never went back. Um, always made up an excuse as to why I couldn't go and have those swimming lessons. Um, then I went through high school never went swimming with my friends never did any of those activities shied away from anything that might mean or need me to swim Um, uh, became an adult never felt the need to until my children uh, were young until I uh, was taking them to the swimming baths and when we were on holiday and I couldn't swim 
um, and I felt embarrassed by the fact that I couldn't swim and can't swim what shall I learn so what stopped me what stopped me from learning to swim and probably what stopped me from learning to swim when I was younger as well is is fear of looking stupid if I'd have learnt to swim at the same time as everybody else I would have been an equal to them but because I didn't I had this fear of being the novice fear of being laughed at um, for not being able to do something so that so that fear of being laughed at prevented me from from being courageous and going to learn to swim I didn't want to be the fat kid that wasn't very good at it because in practically every other aspect of sporting life at school that's where I was at and I could get out of this so I wasn't going to go and I didn't go and then as an adult I was fearful of again of being the novice being an adult it's too late now it's too late for me to learn to swim I can't be that novice I need to be somebody that knows what I'm doing you know I need to be an expert now at things and especially at something as fundamental as swimming I can't put myself in that position where people um, are potentially in my head feeling sorry for me oh he can't swim look he's trying bless him he's trying hard I couldn't do that and it was a real blocker for me in my head to this day and I, I'll admit it I've not really thought my children are adults now um, I don't really go into swimming baths anymore um, so it's not been an issue not something I've thought about but actually just as I'm thinking about it now it's making me all those visceral feelings are, are bubbling up inside of me so that's that fear of failure and that's boiled up in that I said I wasn't going to use the word but I'm just going to use it momentarily now is, is that shame it's an idea of what a man is I suppose uh, an adult is is that we can do stuff like swim you know it's it's important you know as a as a parent it's it's an important activity as a father to be able to swim and have fun in the swimming pool when you're on holiday with your children um, I did have a limited amount of fun in the swimming pool with my children but I never um, taught them to swim or did that and that that is driven by that that shame sort of sits there that I'm somehow less of a person I'm somehow diminished because I can't swim so if we don't talk about it and if we hide it and if we push it away then it's okay but that monster stale still sits there and to this day it sits there so maybe it is a goal of mine maybe at some point to to 
to do something about that, to learn to swim, to overcome that fear, that fear of failure, fear of drowning, um, irrational fear of failure and irrational fear of drowning, isn't it? But it's still, it's still there. And that's embroiled in this idea of what a man can be. Um, and I, in many ways, I don't fit that, um, fit that paradigm, that view. I have my own paradigm, my own view of the world, which doesn't fit that. Um, but they're at odds with each other, and that can cause issues, and that can cause, I'm going to say it again, shame. That very visceral feeling that you want to protect yourself from, so you, you avoid at all costs. Driving is another one for me. I can drive, and I say that in a very defensive way because I don't drive and I don't drive because I learned to drive quite late I was in my late 30s when I learned to drive and passed my test and when I went out by myself I felt really really vulnerable and I felt silly that why am I as a nearly middle-aged man a novice at driving so that ensured that I armoured up and protected myself and avoided driving and I still avoid driving and that is a sense of that shame because driving is a manly masculine pursuit it's an adult pursuit now it's something that all adults do in our society and that's the view of the world that we have is adults drive and when I say I don't drive people people look at me in a uh, in a quite a sad way and go oh bless him that must be awful not being able to drive well I can drive again that defense mechanism coming in I can do it I choose not to why do I choose not to I choose not to because I'm afraid of being the novice because somehow less of a man um, and that's something that that drives that shame and I'm going to bring it up to up to date now and, and talk about um, another thing that I've always avoided tackling and dealing with and that's being overweight and um, and that was driven by that um, protecting myself or oh, it's just too I, I know I can I know I should do something about it but when I look at myself I feel oh, I feel ashamed that I'm I am this and I, I, I keep going you go on a diet and then fail at that diet so I don't want to do that anymore so I'll pretend that I'm okay that was until um, nearly three weeks ago I looked at the scales and was like astonished and I thought I have a choice now I can be accountable for this and make a change and I wrote about it in a, in a blog recently so now I'm accountable for making that change and I'm going to make that change I'm not going to be ashamed of it I'm going to talk about my weight and I want to be healthier because I'm holding myself to account over this 
I'm going to make myself vulnerable and I'm going to try and I'm probably fail I will fall off the wagon as I'm going through I fell off the wagon yesterday when we took we took my youngest to to Manchester to start his new life I was feeling fed up everybody else was having pie and mash I had pie and mash that's okay I had a takeaway when we got home that's okay today back on the wagon doing the exercises eating my low carbohydrate diet it's all about the long-term goal now the long-term achievement anyway I digress because we're going to talk about that later on and I, I, I mentioned earlier in, in the introduction that I'd um, I'd been speaking to some some of my friends around this and it's really interesting it's all the stuff that I've described here what I've just been talking about for me personally about how I experienced this fear of failure and not trying something and not doing something how deep-seated that is is that um, one of my colleagues actually when we were talking about because we were going to do this as a, as a live interview or or she was going to record something she said she was just fearful of being judged that's, that was interesting that she was fearful of being judged so that's why you know and that that is that is such a strong feeling isn't it that will people judge me and that's irrational because I've heard her speak she speaks eloquently um, it's she's very clearly easily easy to understand she speaks with passion about about um, subjects subject matters like this when I've heard her speak about it just between the two of us but that fear that this is going to go out wider and more people the princely sum of 11 people so far possibly listened to my podcast um, but it's an irrational fear but it happens doesn't it it's what it sits with us because this is this is the view of the world that we have is that people judge us for what we say and what we do and if we're talking about being fearful of something we might be judged and because that feeling was deep-seated she was afraid she might become emotional whilst talking about it which does happen doesn't it because this this fear it can be quite deep-seated it can be there for such a long time it draws up emotions that we don't expect and being emotional in public is another thing that we don't like to do in our society so that can cause that shame and that desire not to do it not to put ourselves in that position because we might become emotional I know I was speaking to another colleague and she was saying it's, it's how it will look can really sometimes prevent her from 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 actually trying something out because people will see that I can't do something and alongside that she says there's this very visceral feeling that experience of not succeeding in something and how it made her feel and she felt this isn't awful but it's it's so true is that sometimes you can feel heartbroken and I definitely can resonate with that feeling that feeling of when I've, when I've been for an interview and not been successful at an interview and, and that heartbreak 
is very real and can put you off going for having interviews going for a job can really have that extreme um, effect on you feeling ashamed because we attach ourselves don't we our self-esteem to what we do so we are somehow less and this is shame this is what it does is it makes us somehow less of a person to make us feel ashamed that we have failed that we are sub who we are supposed to be so we've become less of a person because of that and she talked about um, being letting people down if she didn't succeed in something letting herself down it doesn't have to be that way does it it doesn't have to be that we experience um, failure so therefore we will not go and, and attempt to do that again for fear of looking stupid there are plenty of people when I go back to swimming I'm just it just come into my head then and I started that sentence I'm gonna pull myself back I'm just gonna compose myself think about that so when I'm thinking about swimming lessons for me to learn how to swim they have adult swimming lessons for people my age so why is it shameful why would I be embarrassed to be amongst people that can't swim learning to swim we'd all be at the same level it's irrational isn't it it's an irrational thought that we that I might become emotional I'm an emotional so I, I become emotional in public all the time yes it does make me feel embarrassed but uh, it's something I'm get I've got used to so why can't I do that and it's it, it it's so fundamental isn't it that, that sometimes I've, I've been for job interviews I've, I've not got them felt ashamed felt upset felt diminished but been for another job interview went for a job interview recently got the job the job I'm doing now so how can I do that but I can't swim it's all about how we see ourselves and how we see the world and we talked about that in our well-being discussion didn't we and we are going to talk about it um, in, in subsequent episodes as well but I'm just going to um, just introduce that now and that that's this the next part of of this episode um, so hold that thought and we'll bring that into the next part of the episode after we just have a short intermission We started to uh, explore why and how we can um, overcome these fears 
in the, in the in the previous section really I suppose and it is about um, it's about looking at, at how we see ourselves and how society sees ourselves sees us and sees people like us and how we 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 put that together in our view of the world so culturally the cultural influences that we have are parental um, influences so what um, what our parents what our friends what our family say about how we should act and be so that and that can that shapes us but we can shift this view and we can start to think about things more critically so we can and this is a theme that we are going to use throughout the um the podcast really is is how to shift our view of the world so we can we can have more of an objective view of our world and, and have a more critical critical view of of of, of ourselves and and the part we play in the world and the, the context with which when we we exist in our world so if we talk about as we've mentioned earlier swimming my um, my issue with with swimming now if I start to talk about what what that what that stems from there's probably a, a couple of things that it stems from my weight uh, and my my body image so that being in a pair of trunks and um, and um, having those rolls of fat exposed when I was a child and now as an adult that had that has has and does does have a profound effect on my level of confidence as a person so in a in a swimming pool so add that to then not being able to swim so we have this view okay so what can I do about that we have a we can look around society we can look around the people that are around me um, I'm a big man there are lots of big men and women around in our world lots of them swim lots of them go to the swimming baths so I can I can view that differently I'm not an outlier I'm not unusual however being large isn't healthy so I can change my body shape to a certain extent one of the things to help me change my body shape is actually swimming so swimming can help me from an exercise perspective so I'm beginning to shift my view of of whether I should learn to swim or not so we've got this my body image so how can I I can start to lose weight which I am doing um, I can um, do exercise more a form of exercise that would be helpful would be swimming I can't swim I need to learn to swim learning to swim is a form of exercise am I am I in a position where I can put myself in that place am I gonna fail at swimming if 
if I fail at swimming I'll drown they're not going to let me drown it's bad for business so I'm safe it'll help me lose weight it'll help me with my body image if I want to have a better body image I can lose weight a bit before I go but in society am I any different to the people around me so I can start to examine the world from another perspective this is my point um, it's not about making yourself feel better it's about what's another viewpoint of this what's another way of looking at this what's my feeling about that person that is overweight swimming do I want to laugh at them do people laugh at them as I'm looking around people if I'm in the swimming class as I'm looking around people other large groups of people laughing at fat people there are some but there's not large there's not huge numbers what's my opinion of somebody large exercising trying to lose weight good on them they're trying to do something about their health so you can shift your paradigm your view of how you see things another another um another thing we can look at is is my perspective from um, not being able not not wanting to drive not being a novice how many people do i see drive i see people driving all the time some of them are new at driving some of them have been driving for a long time is it always apparently obvious apart from if they've got a big p on there on their car that they're a new driver no do experienced drivers make stupid mistakes yes they do all the time do new drivers make mistakes yes do they drive well yes so why why am I any different why would anybody else see me any differently what do I hear Lisa saying and talking about about other drivers she doesn't talk about new drivers she talks about people driving inconsiderately so it's nothing about being new it's about becoming experienced about being on that journey so it's about shifting my view of what being a novice is is that we're all new at something so what's driving that so that, uh, trying to be clear about this it's trying to it's imagine there's a simpler way of explaining it is imagine you've got a beach ball um, and a beach ball with colored panels on it so if you hold it end on with when it's got the circle in the middle of the beach ball you can see all the panels of color can't you? see all the colors there However, if you hold it on its side, you may see half the colours. But if it's, that's your view, that's the view you've only ever seen of that beach ball, you'll only see those colours. It's only until you turn that ball round that you can see all the colours. And that's about shifting your paradigm, about shifting your view. So is there an alternative way to think about or see the issue in front of you 
So if I go for a job interview, two things are probably going to happen. I'll either be successful and get the job, or I'll be unsuccessful and won't get the job. What's the worst thing that could happen to me if I don't get the job? I don't get the job. I have to stay in the job I'm in. I have to stay unemployed. Will there be another job that's coming along? Probably yes. Okay, so I can, I'll have a be successful or be unsuccessful. If I'm unsuccessful, I'll stay unemployed or not, or not change my job. What can I can I learn anything from that? Yes, I can. I can go through and think about what were my answers, what was, what was good, what was bad, what was how I how I um, how I acted. Is it because I didn't know my subject matter, or is it because they weren't were looking for somebody that wasn't me? If I know that I was deficient in my subject matter I can get better at that I know I can get better at that if they didn't like me there's nothing I can do about that I can only change what I can change and sometimes I'll try something new and sometimes it won't work and I can learn from that I can know I can get better at it so I can practice at it or I can try another way of doing it but if I keep doing it the same way I will fail again so I can have my different view is how can I get better at what I've just done not assuming that the next time I will do as badly as I did this time because actually I've got some experience of it now so I've shifted my viewpoint and that moves on actually to how do you pick yourself up when you failed and it is about examining what has just happened to you Bernie Brown uses a term the first shitty draft so when something has happened to you when you have been vulnerable when you have taken a risk and you failed often what we don't do is that we don't examine what happened we armour ourselves up, we feel ashamed, we feel like we're a failure and somehow less of a person. Nothing has changed to us as a person. We are still the same, only we're a bit more experienced now. This has happened to us. It hasn't made us worse. It's just something that's happened. So what can we do is we can write a first shitty draft we can talk about what just happened to us what we can write down exactly what happened what we're feeling right now we might be feeling ashamed we might be feeling angry because it we might consider it somebody else's fault we'll write everything down everything all the feelings get it all out there on a bit of paper once once you've finished once you've once you've exhausted all of the angst and anger and frustration you put it on the paper read it back to yourself ask yourself some questions 
What part did I play in that? What can I take that was useful and was good? What can I do differently? So what can I learn? What part did other people play? And how can I influence that differently next time? So you start thinking about it in a more critical manner. That will help you then next time when you go and do the same thing. So you're not doing the same thing, you're behaving differently. So you'll get a different outcome. It might not be better, but it'd be a different outcome. We can learn each time. But the best way to do that is to capture what happened and what you feel like in that moment. And that will help you move forward. And I just want to go back to um, to that feeling of shame that we can feel um, either just before we um, we we do something because of the because of our experiences or our view of the world, and sometimes afterwards when we fail. Um, one of my one of my my friends when she was talking about her fear of failure, what what she says it is, um, what she called it was her a monster under the bed. So that monster that's under your bed when you're a child, that. Um, seems so big and scary in the dark and when you turn the light on and there's nothing there and she said that's how she feels with with fear of failure and how she combats it now is that she'll talk about that fear and that's another thing to do before as I've done talking about swimming and that fear of, of going swimming um, it's and the first shitty draft is another version of that it's sharing that fear and if you can talk about it with somebody else and examine what's happened it somehow diminishes something that could become big and unwieldy and often can take over your life and prevent you from doing something so you can start to share that and it starts to get smaller and smaller so that's how we can then be courageous and do something and then if we fail, when we fail, because we always will fail, we can understand what has just happened by writing that first shitty draft and by then examining that, being critical of it, thinking in a, in a broader sense, thinking, looking at that paper and what you've written your first draft in the cold light of day once you've got the emotion out and you can examine it and learn from it and and move on uh, that sort of reminds me of the um the sumo guy paul mcgee shut up move on um if you ever get a chance to read his book um i, I highly recommend it it's, it's shut up move on by by paul mcgee and he'll often he, he has a, a, a checklist and the first thing on his checklist for when you're feeling this way so when you fail when you're faced with failure is ask yourself the question how important will this be in six months time in a year's time and another question to ask yourself is on a scale of one to ten 
with 10 being your own death. How important is it? How important is that failure on that scale? If it's if it's below five, which maybe a lot of things are, you can start to put it into context. And if it's high, it's important. We need to learn how to do it better then, don't we? We can use that first shitty draft to examine what happened and what our feelings are and where those feelings come from and what can we take from that and learn from it. What can we understand in the part that we play in our own downfall as opposed to parts other people play? Because the part that we play, we can definitely do something about. And the control, the controllables is something that's going to come up again and again in this podcast because it's really important that we learn how to control what we can control and not worry too much about what we can't control. And this is a prime example. This is how we can pick ourselves up and try again. So I can deal with that. I can do something about that. So I can get better at that. So in summary, this episode of learning to fly is we recognize what can cause that fear of failure. So it's our experiences, our lived experiences drive us drive that fear and and how we how society how we consider society sees us that what will people think attitude and and that standard we can hold ourselves up against that somehow we feel heartbroken and that we've let ourselves and others down because we've set that standard so we know that's what causes it how can we um, do something anyway and, and combat that fear of failure is, is, is to shift that paradigm and that view. We can talk about that fear, but we can maybe, we, we can shift that paradigm by, by having, by, by looking at something from another perspective, looking at our world from another perspective, challenging what we assume about the world around us like I did about the driving and about swimming it's challenging those assumptions that that's the reason why things happen that way they don't always happen that way so we can um, challenge our perspective and when we've challenged our perspective and we've tried something and then we've failed how do we pick ourselves up and we write that first shitty draft and we express our emotions and we examine those emotions and what's going on and what can we do and what can we learn and what can we change and what can't we change so what do we have to leave and then we can pick ourselves up and we can share some of that emotion it somehow makes it smaller so we can move on we can carry on through through our lives and keep making ourselves vulnerable so think about the aspects of your life that sometimes you're more fearful of changing because of that fear of failure just try and view that fear from another angle challenge your view of the world so that's maybe maybe your homework for for the next week or so 
until the next podcast. Speak, stay safe and we'll speak soon.